Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. If you like our content, please follow and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're listening to us. And if you're on Apple specifically, please drop us a comment. I'd love to know what you think about the show. My name is Shiro Hattori, and I will be your host today. And today we will be talking about breaking down siloed campuses. And for the conversation, I'm very excited to have Chantel Costner join us today. Chantel is currently serving as the Marketing Communications Director at WSU Spokane, and is also currently pursuing her PhD at Gonzaga University. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. It's good to be here. Great to have you. And I may say during the podcast, Wazoo, just because I'm from Washington and we said Wazoo instead of WSU. But I noticed last time you you, were, you made sure to say WSU. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and follow the, the brand guideline <laughs> there. But uh, forgive me ahead of time if I just straight up say Wazoo. Or sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I do love asking all my guests on the show. What do you love about higher ed, Chantel? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, very selfishly, I love school and love learning. And so I didn't actually, though, when I started my career right out of college, expect that I would end up back in higher ed. Um, mm-hmm. I was I started in the nonprofit space and I was doing communications and marketing work in that field. Um And I just kind of continued to find this pull back to the education environment. Um, Something I think about the community, which I think is a theme that will probably emerge today a lot. Uh, the, The community that is a university and a college campus is just unique and special and provides the opportunity to learn and a variety of different ways um, about yourself, about others, about um, very technical things, about very philosophical things. And so uh, I personally, when I started stepping more into that um, marketing and communication space, was really inspired by the fact that um, the work that I was doing at the time, which was in student affairs, had a profound impact on the student experience internally, right? students knew about the resources that they Mm -hmm. had access to because of the work that I was doing. And so I think the meaningfulness of it, the, the ability to um, transform somebody's life through the work that I was doing was really grounding. And I think that's been something that's carried me through um, the work that I've done Uh, is, is that, is that ability to contribute to that community in a really meaningful and positive way. Um, so it, yeah, it, every time I have the opportunity to engage with colleagues across, you know, here in Spokane, but then also across uh, the country at conferences and things like that, that, I think that tends to be the the grounding force for a lot of us is that sense of community and um, mm-hmm. that that relationship with our students on our college campuses. Yeah, That's fantastic. And just just some context for the audience, um, she, Chantel was at. WSU Pullman, which is considered their flagship campus before, mm-hmm. right? And that's where, that's the story you're just telling, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I started off in um, Eastern Oregon. I was working at a nonprofit and then I 
came north uh, to WSU Pullman, worked there for uh, about five years, went further north again uh, to Gonzaga University and was working for the School of Law for a couple years and then had this opportunity to step into this role here at Washington State University, Spokane, um, which is just for those who are familiar with the area, literally right across the river from Gonzaga University. So it was a wonderful opportunity to step into a new space and a new role, uh, but also a chance to really come home again uh, it, at this institution that I do really love. Fantastic. And you, and you mentioned some conferences that you've been attending. What Which ones do you have in the pipeline or which ones have you been to before that you've really enjoyed? Yeah. Um, well, AMA Higher Ed is coming up, so that's where you'll find me next. Um, I'm really excited to go to Chicago. It's been a while since I've been able to attend because of COVID and transitions and everything mm-hmm. that else that's come with that. But um, yeah, I, I always look forward to that opportunity. And then, of course, CASE, um, Council for... Uh, Oh, I'm forgetting the acronym at this point, but CASE Conference, which is for for, uh, development advancement professionals, uh, is also one of my personal favorites, and I do enjoy being there. And hopefully this spring I might get that opportunity to attend our regional. That's fantastic. And when you say development opportunities, is it, do they deal with, like, from a business lens, like, student retention as well, or is it more about, or, like, tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so CASE is a conference, the CASE conferences, which there's a lot of them. There's regional conferences, there's specific um, ones that are more geared toward particular focus areas like marketing and communications or, Mm -hmm. but it's development. So it's fundraising and advancement, primarily alumni engagement, things like that. So a little more focused on the, the, the later path for most of our customers, (laughs) our students. Um, But AMA, of course, has a nice mix of uh, recruitment, retention, um, development, advancement. So right. it, there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different opportunities, I think, in higher ed. And that's another reason why I love it. It's just, there's so much to learn and so much to, great. so much to learn. <laughs> I will be at AMA. I just got the approval from my boss. So we can meet in person there. Yay. Yes. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. But yeah, I'll be there. It'll be my first time. I'm really excited to go there. So in like three weeks. (laughs) I know the countdown has begun. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Well, um, you know, going back a little bit more into the topic of the campuses and the flagship campus, can you tell us a little bit more about WSU um, Pullman and its relationship with WSU Spokane, you know, how everything fits into the picture? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the interesting part, well, I'll start with a a little bit of information we can talk a little more philosophically, but so Washington State University is a land-grant institution on the east side of Washington State. Um, it was founded in 1890, so it's been around a minute, uh, and for most folks, they kind of joke it's like a little, it's like a big university in the middle of a wheat field. Um, it's in a fairly remote part of Washington. For those who are a little less familiar um, with the geographic region, uh, it's pretty far away from Seattle, so all the pretty, it's like right on the Idaho-Washington border um, and actually shares the border with the University of Idaho, uh, which is just right on the other side. So it's uh, it's a large institution really for the state. About 17,000 um, students are enrolled there, mostly predominantly undergraduate students, though it is an R1 research institution, so um, pretty heavy uh, research focus. And Historically, of course, like as in many land grants, it, it was focused on agriculture and agriculture-related research. 
Um, but it's, you know, since grown, of course, and evolved and um, has pretty notable programs in um, engineering, communications, business, mm-hmm. veterinary medicine, and a whole a whole um, slew of really, you know, extraordinary experiences for our students. Fast forward 100 years, almost to the year, um, in 1989, the institution decided they wanted to establish some branch campuses around the state. And one of those was WSU Spokane, um, which emerged out of some other things that were going on within the within the community, right? We had a few programs that were starting to manifest um, around Spokane, including our, our nursing program, which was somewhat of a shared um, program with a number of other institutions in, in the area. And really the vision for the campus was it would serve the needs of the community. So it was intended to listen to what the community needed and wanted from a workforce, from a development standpoint, and provide programs that would complement that. Uh, so today, currently, uh, the the campus is really dedicated to the health sciences, and we have an enrollment of about 1,500 students here. They engage in programs um, with three major colleges, um, a college of nursing, our college of pharmacy, and our college of medicine, uh, which has an MD program. So it, it's interesting that evolution has happened very quickly in about 30 plus a little under 35 years time. Uh, But it's been an extraordinary thing for our community because for most, for folks that aren't familiar with Spokane, it is like the major urban center for Eastern Washington, Mm -hmm. um, Eastern Oregon, uh, Northern Idaho, and into even Montana. So we have a big healthcare system here. And because of that, um, many people from around the region come to receive care in Spokane um, from our hospitals here and our specialists. So it seems like a very natural fit to have um, really awesome programs to support that in the health sciences. Yeah, that's fantastic. And on this podcast, you know, we usually talk strategically and even tactically around like, you know, how to market students, how to gain more awareness, you know, get really more tactical, but like what demand gen is at its core is, is creating demand or capturing demand. And like, just from an entire institutional perspective, you're basically creating like an institution that is capturing some of the demand that already exists. Yeah. This need, this need uh, in the community uh, for uh, this, this health sciences education. And so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And I love that we can hit on this point because I think it goes to the very, very top of like, you know, the fundamentals of, marketing and, and demand generation. So yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's really mm-hmm. cool. It, you know, in our prior conversation, he told me about like, you know, this need and this gap that actually existed in Washington State as a whole and specifically in Eastern Washington. So thanks for um, educating me on that because it, it kind of connected the dots there as well. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously most folks have heard of University of Washington, right? In, in mm-hmm. contrast with WSU and University of Washington has an extraordinary health sciences program. Um, right. It's ranked, like many of them are ranked some of the top in the nation, particularly amongst public institutions. So some people wonder like, well, why do you need, why do you need WSU's programs? And the answer is we're community based. So we know that we are inclusive. Um, we're working to build um 
environments and programs where our students can go out and serve the needs of the community at a very mm -hmm. real level. And that's really, I think, a key driver in um, understanding right. how we've situated ourselves thinking about that marketing piece, how we've situated ourselves and understand what our customers, we'll say broadly speaking, mm -hmm. Um, need and want and what will work within the context of our environment. Yeah. And I think one interesting thing I think I just remembered you saying was that in when you in education and health, oftentimes after you graduate, you, you stay locally, right? And so like mm -hmm. if students are all going out of state, UW started to get into, right? And there aren't as many schools in Washington. If they right. go to Oregon or if they go to California, they end up staying like where their local communities or where their classmates were, right? And mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting observation because um, I, I do see that happening actually. So yeah, interesting yeah, it is. It's a, it's a powerful thing if we think about the mission of higher education and our our goal of educating students to make our world a better place, right? So what does that what does that mean and look like? Mm -hmm. um, and how are we reflecting that in the work that we're doing and the operations that we have and, and the story we tell, right? I mean, it, it does boil mm -hmm. down to that communications and marketing piece too. Great. Uh, switching gears, but very closely related here is uh, talking about, you know, schools and branding here. How do you stay connected with WSU flagship like a, uh, Pullman, uh, while still marketing your branch and your identity at Spokane as well. Yeah, yeah. This has been an interesting, an interesting um, conversation that I think has been happening even more and more over the last year and a half, um, mm -hmm. as our institution has been working through a, a brand positioning strategy with an, an external consulting firm, and. You know, I think one of the things that's become really apparent to me in that is that so much of our identities as these um, branch campuses, right, that that language that we're using around like these, the little satellites that are that are out right. in the world doing our thing is that their identity is so much more grounded with the communities that they serve. Mm -hmm. Um So instead of asking people to continuously come to us and understand how that impacts our brand and the conversations we're having around the institution, it's, well, then who are we in the context of um, the place that we're at? So here in Spokane, right, our identity is really driven by the health sciences. Our students um, do not come to this campus to do all four years of their undergraduate degree. Uh, the vast majority transfer in from either other places within um, WSU system or from a community college system, um, local or, or regional, and or they're graduate students or professional students. So they're coming to us for the for the furthering their education, but they've finished their undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And that very much impacts who we are, the kind of um the kind of programs that we have, the kind of um, activities that we are are creating for our students to engage in. So, in turn, to me, if you if you think about brand in terms of authenticity, who you are, and how that differentiates you, that has to be part of the equation when we talk about this greater identity at WSU. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've got a campus in the Tri Cities, uh, and our Tri Cities campus is. Um, 
heavily invested in first-generation students. They have a lot of first-gen students that come to that campus, more so than many others. So once again, right, you see a different kind of scaffolding and programming and conversation that needs to happen there to ensure that though if those are your if those are the audience if that's the audience that you're speaking to what do they need to know about the institution so that they feel like they're informed about coming to the institution and making the choice okay so that's like the philosophical framework but in so it starts coming back to being in practice with that and i think the real challenge with being a larger institution particularly one that's geographically dispersed is that you have to understand like where are the pieces of the brand that inform, that, where are the pieces of the brand that have to be flexed and where are the pieces that have to be really solid? And I think we talk, often conceptualize brand in very visual ways. You know, we think about the logo and the colors and the, and the you know, how are we making our website look nice and functional? And, and those are all very important things too. But I think where we have to, we have to be we have to be flexible within that if we know that our audiences are varied across a wide array of um, geographic spaces or ages or demographics or um, any no, you know any number of, of factors so that we can assess not just uh, how we're implementing brand but then how brand is evolving over time and manifesting in new ways that um, are reflective of where the institution is heading. Uh, so I think about it as like the structural framework that allows us to be really creative, right? That allows us to have the constraints we need, but then also can be manipulated in the way that's most productive to meet our goals as an institution. And I think that's a challenging conversation because when you put together a brand guide, you want to be like, here are all the little doodads you need to be successful. Right. Here are those grounding words. And ultimately, right, like that becomes challenging if <laughs> you don't necessarily think about that notion of process and how how organizations and, and brands continuously evolve over time. Fantastic. And I know kind of going back to a conversation we had before this recording, you, you said something really interesting that I thought would be a great soundbite, which is a marketing communication team need to be basketball players on basketball courts. <laughs> not golf players on golf greens. Can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think about the culture predominantly in higher education structurally, it tends to be a space where we're really focused on individual achievement. Um, you know, you think about a faculty member or mm. um, somebody who's in an administrative role, there tends to be a lot of effort and energy put toward um, you know, manifesting individual outcomes and mm -hmm. outputs. And, and there's, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for that, right? Like that, that's not, that's, that in of itself is not the issue. I think the challenge is though, if marketing comms teams are placed in an environment where that is indeed, um, kind of the norm, uh, it requires us to think really critically about how we're conceptualizing our teams, our ways of working, um, the framework through which we're seeing the brand um, and identity and and then ultimately how that informs the tactical approach, very tactical approach to how we're managing marketing communications. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess there's to that end, if you think about the metaphor, right? You have a, a golf team, let's say, but they're really out on the green individually working 
as their own individual silo. Right. Um, playing the game, scored by their own individual uh, merits and efforts. And what we have to be, I think, personally, this is my philosophy as marketing comms professionals and as marketing comms teams, is we got to be basketball players. We have to be communicating all the time. We have to be understanding the the different strengths and the different um, the different way, ways our, our teammates are showing up on the court. We need to understand where, where are we all headed in this, like this the goal here is a team goal, and we are going to need everybody on the court to achieve that. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is a different paradigm um, from some of the paradigms that have informed uh, higher education operations and management over the years. And so I really work with my team, and then this comes back to kind of that siloedness, to try to break down through those silos and say, no, we, we got to be playing on a basketball court. We can't right. just be working in this kind of individualistic, like, oh, I got my little thing over here. You got your little thing over here. We're just going to hopefully meet in the middle at some point, hash out what needs to be done. It's got to be a lot quicker. And and I, when I say quicker, I don't mean like we got to like totally clip things along because sometimes that's right. not in our structures. But we do have to be much more responsive, I think, to the needs of um, our system and the needs of um, you know, the work that we're doing that it obviously expounds beyond the scope of just our office. <laughs> and sometimes that's a lot and you can't always sit in that. But I think about that often as we navigate the challenges here in, in higher education. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's almost like the question is two stage because, you know, the I think the metaphor applies to like a marketing team in general, but then now you have this added difficulty of also being a, you know, being a part of flagship and being a branch campus. Mm-hmm. So like, that's also another, I think, place where this, this metaphor can be applied is like kind of working together. Yeah. One brand within all the WSU campuses. <laughs> um, they're almost at it. But yeah, like, you know, working together, the entire brand through all the campuses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's challenging for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we're a decentralized model. I should, you know, share that for listeners more familiar with that. Decentralized models typically are, um, they can be really good because you have people embedded in each of the areas and in a highly dispersed organization, that's Mm -hmm. really valuable. Um, The challenge though, is that with a decentralized model is it's easy for pieces of that system to kind of spin off and do their own thing, especially if there's not lines of accountability built in. And so I think that is where that comes back to the basketball metaphor of Mm -hmm. we do have to really think of ourselves as partners and, um, you know, a, a team on a larger scale so that we can ensure that we're really all collectively moving the institution um, in the direction that we're, that we're all collectively aiming, aiming for. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. I played tennis in high school. You could also interchange golf players with tennis players, just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I played tennis. I played singles. That was what I was better at. And whenever I won, we would score points to our entire team mm-hmm. uh, to, to beat another high school. Right. But I was still playing by myself on the court. <laughs> and so I, right. I this, right. this metaphor actually hits pretty home with me. So nice work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did have a question. So you mentioned culture a little bit earlier, right? About creating, you know, what are you doing to really market your branch? And one mm-hmm. example you gave me was like, you're building cultures of creativity with your team and your 
uh, your campus. And I think you've developed a few programs for that, if you don't mind sharing some of that for, with us. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the notion of a culture of creativity is this idea that one, we're, we're really focused on ensuring that we're giving ourselves space for the emergence of new ideas and new ways of thinking and working um, within the context of, of higher education. And, um, you know, I think that this this can really manifest in some very tactical ways, right? I, I think about it is very much team culture and how we're building um, um, trust and um, offering people space to have the freedom to do what they need to do to get the job done. But I also think about it as a mindset to helping us navigate some of the restraints that we are and constraints that we're faced with in higher ed, which primarily among them being budget. Uh, and so we don't like here, we don't, we don't have a ton of money to work with. So how are we, how, how are we talking about WC Spokane in the community uh, is really a, an important question that we're faced with. If we know we can't, um, you know, invest heavily in sort of that general brand uh, awareness mm -hmm. advertising all the time. Are there spaces where we can show up and be present that are really meaningful for the community, but then also engage us in dialogue with the community around, um, you know, how are how are we um, leading into spaces around education and right. workforce development? So it's 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 part um, I think trust building and allyship and um, being advocates for the needs of others within our organization mm -hmm. and responding to those needs in ways that are strategic and constructive. But mm -hmm. then also I think about it as um, being very people focused. You know, I, 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 there's, it's interesting to me that there's kind of this, there's been historically in the last probably 35, 40 years, this real push for innovation in organizations, which is great. That's important. And it's typically systematized and it's not necessarily a framework around how do we provide people with the space that they need and the support that mm -hmm. they need to actually um, do that, <laughs> to be creative and the creativity right. leading to innovative solutions. Uh -huh. uh, so I really try to come at it from that perspective of more of a people first approach. Do you have any like specific examples? I think you might've shared one, one or two, like some of the things you've done uh, at WSU Spokane, mm -hmm. I think um, like community marketing. Another thing is you built like a summit program. I think it was called Wake Up with Research. Yes. Well. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Like, yeah, yeah that'd be great. Absolutely. So um, a couple of the things we're really doing and, and coming back to that community piece, um, these might seem really simple, right? They might seem kind of like, oh, that doesn't, it's not totally right. innovative, but it actually, it's very impactful, which I think is the importance of evaluating, you know, as marketing comms folks, we need to evaluate what we're doing and say, okay, this might seem very simple, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not impactful. So we're heavily engaged with um, a number of community organizations Things like our Chamber of Commerce, we have several of them in the region here. Um, we are members of all of those organizations and we show up to meetings and we show up to events and our chancellor is present. We have key leadership that are present at those events. Um, mm -hmm. We've uh, we're building we're working through our strategic plan right now. And one of the things that's in there is a continuance of that idea where we're really starting to encourage 
uh, members of our leadership team, as well as even just members of our faculty and staff to engage in community in meaningful ways, whether it's sitting on boards or being active um, you know, members in, in nonprofit organizations or whatever that might be. And, and obviously, you know, this isn't something where we're saying, you know, hey, you need to do this just so you can be there. It's how is the, the things you're passionate about aligning with your work here yeah. and how can those things inform um, what we're doing, right? So it, I think about it as a conduit for dialogue um, and really providing us with a sense of what's going on in the community. What is the community hearing and seeing? Are there things that we could be doing better based on that feedback? So that's just like one kind of broad-based example. A little more specific, um, this team has um, been working on a program over the last couple of years called Wake Up With Research. And it's a virtual, um, it's a virtual event that we do every about once a semester, it's kind of ebbed and flowed depending on availability of our of our staff. Uh, but it's it's a one hour in the morning um, activity event. I, I guess people tune in, they tune in on YouTube, and we bring together three or four researchers from around the WSU system around a topic, and they just share in quick, uh, simple terms their research and what they're finding, um, uh, you know, about a relevant topic. So we just this week did um, wake up with research and we focused on sleep and health. And we were sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We had people talking about um, the impact of travel on your sleep performance and sleep health. We had um, individuals talking about that and how it impacts athletes, um, talking about sleep patterns, um, sleep in indigenous communities and how, um, you know, different different. Um, factors and influences in, in within those cultures and, and communities. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so fascinating. Um, we, we get people tuning in all across the region and the state to learn about the work that is happening at WSU, but then how it very meaningfully translates to what, to their own personal lives. Right. And I think that's the, the piece that's really exciting is mm-hmm. as an R1 institution, we have tons of research, but oftentimes people don't necessarily know what's happening. And we uh-huh. can really talk specifically about that health angle and so, bring people together so- around that. What I'm really hearing is like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, I don't know if there's a category for it, but it's like, it's authentic marketing, right? It's like sharing what you're literally researching at your institution, uh, creating a community or a distribution channel for that information, which is the, the summit that you have called Wake Up With Research. And then a mm-hmm. lot of people tune in and then they're, you know, from all different parts of the community. And now they're able to learn more about the BC Spokane and the health sciences it provides as well. So it's kind of expanding that brand yeah. institution as well. Am I hearing that right? Yes, yeah. That's yeah, great. and making it really tangible for people. I mean, right. again, I think we're faced with headwinds right now around what is the value of higher education? What why is that important in our communities? Um, you know, the Edelman mm-hmm. Trust Barometer has indicated flagging trust. Right. But I think the interesting thing about that is that when you present that kind of information to people, they're like, oh, oh, no, this is great. Like, this is important. And I find it interesting or valuable to me in my own very personal life. So to me, it's almost like that pushing against the notion of the ivory tower. Like, no, we need to be accessible. We need to be a, we need to be here for people. It isn't just about us pushing, 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 like, look Mm -hmm. at how great we are. Look at how great we are. It's no, 
let us show you what we're doing for you. And I think that shifting some of that focus and that lens is really important as we think about kind of the, the longevity of our institutions and our current, um, yeah. our current market. Have you start? Have you thought about starting a podcast at WSU Spokane? <laughs> <laughs> In my copious amounts of spare time. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. we have batted that idea around for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to have Kate Young on from uh, Purdue. She is pretty much the owner and main manager for This Is Purdue, which is their official campus podcast or Purdue yeah. camp, official Purdue podcast. Right. They have other schools that do their own thing, but. Um, she's going to be on the show and I think a few episodes and like they also share stories about research at their school mm-hmm. about different I mean they're private, they're a big STEM you know school and yep. so they'll share fascinating results from professors that are also gone to space or all these things but they're sharing things that you know they're what's happening on campus right from the, even a, the research and a science perspective and so right. like using that like educational marketing like we just talked about is I think it's awesome. So mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, brand building piece is is awesome. It's yeah, she's reached like two million views in, just since January this year. It's crazy. That's incredible. Yeah, and I Purdue know. is such a powerhouse um, with with the the work that they're doing. So I'll have to tune in. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, great. Well, we're almost at time, but I did want to ask you. I know you, we're we're talking a little bit about future state, right? Uh, what do you think about marketing in higher ed in 2024 and beyond? Like, what are some shifts that you think need to happen in the industry? Or what, are, what are you seeing? Just any predictions of these days? Predictions. I'll look into my crystal ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I think we're we're faced with some really substantial headwinds. Um, and I think, I think that one thing that could really support us in navigating that is a couple of things. I think we, as always, just need to continue to invest in our marketing communications teams. They really are the conduit for how um, how people are learning about our institutions. Um, are they're, they're the conduit for how we're bringing in um, new students. Um, they're involved with that process, right? They're the conduit for how we're engaging with mm-hmm. our, our donors and our alumni. So I think about how important that work is and how, you know, so many of our offices were designed or our operational processes were designed and they've sort of been added onto over time, but there hasn't been necessarily like that critical look about what, what are we doing now? What do we need to be doing in the future? So I think that that will be very important um, for institutional success in the, in the future. You know, I think we're, we also have to come back to, um, the reason we're here, right? And really gut check ourselves around what what is it that, what is the purpose of higher education? And I think that maybe that looks a little, I think there's some grounding elements to that, but I also think that looks a little different depending on the institution, right? And its mission right. and the vision for it. And ultimately that should inform some of the, the work that we're doing from a brand perspective, from a marketing perspective, from an outreach perspective. And, and I think that that's authentic to, that's authentic to us if we come back to that, which is ultimately what is such a powerful driver in the differentiation of our institutions from one another. Um, you know, ultimately, the, I, I'm really grateful. The people that were involved with the founding of WSU Spokane had a powerful vision 
for mm-hmm. serving the community and being responsive to the community. And because of that, I think we're in a wonderful space to continue that work. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I, my hope is that other institutions can kind of re- come back to that, those roots and that sense of self, um, recognizing where where there's maybe inequities in that space, recognizing where um, there's work to be done from an inclusion perspective, and recognizing where um, that could take us in the future. And I think that that's um, an opportunity for reflection, but also an opportunity for uh, for growth as well. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. I'm actually talking to someone right after this call uh, around inclusion and admissions process. So there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. I've seen that up. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Yep. Well, I was wondering where some of our listeners could follow up with you or uh, follow you, see what you're up to, um, and you can share any of your personal or uh, institutional yeah. or call to actions here. Yeah. Of course. Um, feel free. I'm always happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. Um, I would send people to my Twitter slash X account, but um, it's been a minute since I've been really active on there. So um, I won't send people to that dead end, but uh, by all means, Chantal Cosner, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect and message and chat. Um, That tends to be a place where I really enjoy engaging with folks all across the industry. And um, yeah, it'll be lovely to see some some familiar faces and meet some new people at AMA Higher Ed. So feel free to hop in and, and introduce yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks to the audience for tuning in. And I can't wait to meet you in person at AMA. That'd be going to be great. Yes, it'll be awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.